in today's conversation with Shaheen Cheyen, I get straight to asking him how he became the king of the thrill pill cult. Now, effectively, he made his money through an illegal form of ecstasy, so to speak. But in actual fact, Shaheen comes from a very zen-like perspective and values. Carry on listening as we're going to be making conversations about cheap thrills and legal pills count. What's new, Wendy Wu? Well, we've had a review in from The Intuitist saying, I love this show. Thank you. I really enjoyed listening to all the ideas that you put forward. Thank you so much. Really appreciate these reviews that come in. It really just fills us up on the team. If there's something that you want us to do on the show, if there's a topic you want us to cover, or if there's a guest that you would like us to interview, let us know and we'll do our best to bring that to you. If you've been doing lots of listening lately, like I have, there's been an underlying story filtering through in all of the content and campaigns that I am seeing and hearing. And that is about personal branding and how to use content and repurpose content and to really be yourself. So here's my take. And this really applies to picking up the phone and being yourself. For me, social media is one of those things that we need to be doing to broadcast ourselves. And it can be a bit of a time suck. But for me, the real joy in audio, in sending voice notes on WhatsApp or LinkedIn messaging, and even better to pick up the phone, is that I can seriously show people that I am interested and that I care about them. That's my little takeaway today. So, Shaheen, I have to ask you. Yeah. You clearly are very good at starting a revolution around what you do. All about conversations. How did you sort of fall into becoming the king of the thrill pill cult? Let's do it. Great question. We just started conversationally. That's great. I love that. So... As my story goes, I started when my family and myself in tow left Iran as refugees arriving eventually in the United States. We were middle class in Iran, landed in the United States, learned that we were not only poor, but we were second class citizens. And my father worked hard jobs, worked at pizza places, worked at dry cleaners for a good part of 30 years. My mom was a homemaker one income family, just trying to make ends meet. And they managed to scrape together enough money as immigrants do to purchase a home in an area that was up and coming. As this started to happen, I started to notice all this wealth around me that wasn't there before, not from us, but from the people in the surrounding areas. And I thought to myself, man, by the time I was 15, I would love to have a piece of this. So I 
made a conscious decision because my parents didn't have any solutions to how I could find this newly desired financial freedom or aspiration for wealth. My folks were like, you know, you can become a doctor and that's it. So I took off, packed my bags, left home at 15. I had nowhere to live. I had no money. And all I did was I, I had to first find shelter. So I found an abandoned Lincoln Continental. I slept in the back seat of this Lincoln Continental. Then later as that developed, I learned how you could convince brokers to give you the codes to newly developed buildings if you feigned interest in them and then sneak in late at night while these buildings are under construction and crash and then wake up. I would eat at the community college because they had free food. And there I met my first mentor, an incredible guy. I, I write about him in my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult, which is out now on Amazon. My new female friend was already on the beach and had made fast friends with the previous night's conquest. I handed the greasy bag with the cash to Adan. Can you stick this in the fridge? It's right about this moment where my hippie attorney came running in through the front door. Shaheen, you have to see this. Money, fame, drugs, beautiful women, fast cars, planes, cash, celebrities, millions, and now a billion. Ugh. Check it out if you guys like, you know, the Audible. We'll stick it on the resource page because we love to share. But yeah, it's out in the UK now. So I'm, I'm impressed that it's on uh, the Audible book is in the UK. I had some people there reaching out to me. So that's cool. And I got involved in the electronic music scene. I found a mentor, got involved in the electronic music scene, the rave scene, the dance scene that was going on in those days. I still didn't have a place to live. I, I was eating what I could get. I managed to sneak my way into the clubs. I managed to get myself a girlfriend in those days. I remember having no money. And I looked around me and I thought, man, you know, the only people making money are the drug dealers. <laughs> supply and demand. I was at the right place at the right time because the supply of drugs coming from England and Holland had completely dried up with the Reaganomics and the trickle-down economics and the Nancy Reagan just say no and dare campaigns, the effects that they had on this generation of law enforcement, they had stopped the flow of drugs. So there was a huge demand. This electronic music scene was blowing up and nobody to supply them. So I thought, man, I should do that. Realized that I was really bad at crime during my adolescence, something I'd learned in grade school from selling <laughs> nudie magazines and cigarettes and liquor in, in school just to kind of make ends meet, my own ends meet. And I decided that I was not going to sell drugs as I got older, but it hit me that, hey, if I could come up with a legal alternative to ecstasy, the biggest party drug of the time, it would be huge. That's what I did. And I, I found an unconventional distribution for it, selling it through drug dealers initially at nightclubs and raves. I went to them and I said, hey, man, you're, you're out of inventory. Sell my stuff. I managed to convince them because I was this invincible teenage kid. And as the story goes, I walk into my office now six months later. I've got over 200 employees, offices in 32 countries, collection of exotic cars, Lamborghini, Ferrari, Porsche, all of it, planes, trains, automobiles, the whole thing. I hanging around with celebrities, going to A-rate parties, the whole nine yards. And I remember 
when we broke a billion dollars in revenue as a teenager, I had no clue, no high school education. I had a grade school education. And shortly thereafter, a few years, I'd broken a billion dollars in revenue, pre-internet, pre-social media, Newsweek, London Observer, all the press was out there covering this phenomenon that had happened. And I remember thinking to myself, holy crap, man. First off, I didn't know how much a billion dollars was. Like literally, I knew we broke a big number. I didn't know what a billion meant. You could write it down with all the zeros, but then what does that look like? You know? No, I didn't even know how many zeros to put. I didn't know what it meant. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And the second thought I remember having was, man, I got to hire a accountant. And so I started interviewing for accounts. I learned very quickly that accounts are not, you guys should write this down. They are not the guys that count the cash that's piled up in duffel bags between the duffel bags filled with pills in the back of your office. That's not what accountants do. They're not being counters. That is not what they do. Yeah. And after learning that from several frightened accountants who walked in and rapidly walked out never to be heard from again, I started to get my business together. From there, I exited that company, went into developing all the technology for digital vaporization, created the first portable vape vaporizers, which is the forerunner to what you see today in the e-cigs. From there, I went on to the Amazon platform, learning to master it and to build on what Bezos has built, this amazing disruptive platform. And now I teach people how to do that. I teach people how to create meaningful Amazon companies, products that will change lives. And in the meanwhile, be able to travel and give the middle finger to their boss and live the lifestyle that they know they can without having to sell their hours, which is the greatest crime imposed on entrepreneurs today. There's very little freedom in being an entrepreneur, is there? Because you imagine that you're going to be able to do what you want when you want, but then the the actual responsibility of a lot of the activity that goes into running a business kind of eats away at that time. So it's great that you've been able to do that whilst not being a drug dealer or, you know, uh, a money launderer. (laughs) Yeah. But yet being all of those things. (laughs) Look, I, you know, here's what I think. I think that you can build your life any way that you want. And a good friend of mine, this guy, Stuart Wilde, he was a British metaphysician and author, one of the original guys who uh, started the New Age movement. And he was actually a Sicilian-born guy, moved to England and became one of the most well-known writers in this New Age movement. And one of the things that he taught me was that we have the innate ability to step out of what he called TikTok which is the world of the people who operate the trains and drive the trash trucks and all that ordinary type of reality and to be able to create an extraordinary life for ourselves. But you can't do it without financial freedom. And we're so inundated with all this thought of, oh, making money is bad. The people who steal money are cheating. Money is the root of all evil. He used to always say, the guy who said money is the root of all evil didn't have any. And so we have to first break free of those limiting mindsets that are keeping us down and then figure out what we're great at 
and how we can get into flow. That's what we teach through our Amazon Mastery Course. And by the way, anybody listening to this or watching this, I assume you have a YouTube channel as well, or is this just audio? Do you do audio primarily? We we dabble with YouTube, but I really don't do YouTube. Podcast audio. Okay, yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. So for any of you guys listening to this, I have a one-hour course where I teach you how to empower yourself to create an Amazon company with little or no money. It's normally 200 bucks. That's dollars, 200 quid. I'm going to give this to you guys for $0 if you just mention Wendy Harris. Use Wendy Harris in the subject line. I'm going to give you my direct email. If you guys want coaching from me, want mentorship from me, want to reach out to me, I'm going to give you my email for the absolute cost of zero. If you don't want to, you'll never hear from us again. Email me. Use Wendy Harris in the subject heading. I'll give you the $200 one-hour course for free, teaching you how to create a business, how to find a product. That is darkzess at gmail.com. D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. So where I was going with that is the first thing you need to do is you need to break out of your scarcity mindset. You got to break out of the principle that you're going to be selling your hours for the rest of your life. You got to get out of that. Once you get out of that, then you think foundationally, Wendy. We start to think, if I put all my eggs in one basket and that basket falls, the eggs are going to break. I'm going to be left with scrambled eggs. That's it. Yeah. Not very nice. So you got to build a foundation. You got to have multiple streams of income. And we teach that. I teach you buy cash flow positive real estate. We teach go out there and invest in something that's going to give you compounding interest and continue to go out there and do your career, do your job, because that's a pillar until you don't need to anymore. So you have to think foundationally. And when you think that way, and you think one of those pillars is an e-commerce business, like an Amazon business, then you think to yourself, man, you can never have a bad day. Now I wake up, And look, some days our Amazon sales are less than others. Not lately. In the last few years, Amazon's been on fire. Other days I wake up and I go, man, the real estate market is on fire. And some days I go, wow, the real estate market is is too hot for me to to buy anything more now. I'm going to hold off. But every day there is at least one or more of those pillars that holds up the rest by orders of magnitude. And that's how you have to start to think. But you see, what you've done there is you've intentionally said it's too hot not it's not my thing it's not you know you've not positioned it as a negative because it was intentional that you don't need to do anything with that right now because of the activity that's going on in the market and i think this is kind of where we're too quick to use negative language that actually holds us back Like saying, oh, I'm only going to be successful if I work hard. Everybody works hard, don't they? And not everybody is successful. Not everybody works hard. Some people work smart. It's about making those subtle shifts in what it is that you do to give you that dream and that vision. You British people have a lot of good ones. So another great British author who I'm a huge fan of and a student of his work, Richard Koch who wrote the 80-20 principle. Have you read that? Yes. Spectacular book. And Koch talks about the Pareto principle, how 20% of our efforts 
bring about 80% of our results. And in fact, I have to tell you, I often tell people there's no hack to hard work. You have to go out there and work hard, especially when you start up. But at the end of the day, it's not the hard work that brings about the results. It's the placement of the lever where you use the least amount of pressure to create the most amount of leverage, the most amount of results. That's how you succeed. You don't succeed by going out there and working your fingers to the bone no matter what. You keep getting knocked down. You keep getting back up and you get knocked down some more. That's not what's causing you to succeed. What's causing you to succeed is when you get knocked down, you learn, hey, there's too much friction here, too much noise here. I keep running into a wall. What if I move an inch to the left? And it's that inch, that little spot that presents the opportunity for you to create these efficiencies. And those efficiencies are the systems, the algorithms that create your success, that create that 20% that gives you the 80% in result. And as you get better at these kinds of things, think about all the people who are systems people. You create systems as you get better in these little micro movements, these little tweaks to how you do things, you start to succeed more and more. And people go, oh, well, he worked hard. Well, yeah, you worked hard, but it's not the hard work that caused it. It's not the fact that you walked 50 miles. It's the fact that one inch in that journey made all the difference. And I can't tell you how many people, look at Elon Musk, systems guy, Jeff Bezos, systems guy, Steve Jobs, systems guys. These guys built efficiency into what we take for granted. When you look at those guys and you bring them a a problem, it's not that they don't work hard. Elon Musk notoriously sleeps on the factory floor, which I did as well. Not that I'm any Elon Musk, but you do that. But you do that for a different reason. It's not the sleeping on the factory floor that's making him the millions. It's the waking up and that one little tweak that, hey, we're going to make the spaceship just a little bit more aerodynamic. And now it's going to have more range. We're going we're gonna to create a battery that's going to have a longer range than any other car. It's these micro movements. So the natural question becomes, how do you find what these are? How do you discover what these micro movements are? And the answer is you need to be in what Stephen Kotler calls the flow state. Uh, Chicksat Mihai, very famously in his book, Flow, wrote about this. You have to have enough space in your life where these ideas can come to you. How do you create that space? By foundational thinking. This foundation where you have multiple streams of income, MSIs, recurring revenue streams, leads you to having white space. Good design, I talk about this often. Like you ever see an Apple billboard or an Apple advertisement? There's nothing on it. It's just a picture of one thing. It's a phone and white space. It's very clean. Very clean. And you look at design where it's an amateur guy. Maybe it's a little mom and pop restaurant or something like that. And there's just a ton of shit there. And you're like, oh, that just, you might not be a design person, but you know it's not nice. And the reason is that all our brilliance comes between the moments in between thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. And the more space that you have, the more white space you have in how you design your life, the better decisions you make because the more choices you have. The one thing we know is we can't always make the right decision. But what we do know is the more choices you have, the better decisions you make. Amen. As simple as that, and it's not always the easiest of things to actually implement, is it? One of the things that I noticed myself personally to start to create that subtle shift was waking up in the morning and the first thought being, today's going to be a great day rather than, oh, what have I got to get done today? And that subtle shift means that every day is a great day. And it's what you do with that day that then goes on to have that greater impact and that snowball effect. So that's one thing that everybody can do right away. Yeah. And to your point, I would take it one step further and say, I'm going to make it a great day today because you're the one impacting that change. Because invariably what happens is people say it's going to be a great day today. And they put that out there in the world and they want to approach it with that mindset. But then something happens. That bird comes and shits on your car. It happens. It's life. Life can be shitty. Life can be difficult. Life is full of ass. Everywhere you turn, there's an ass, especially now during COVID. There's more and more ass. It's, it's almost like COVID came and all the ass came. You're, you're like, has, has somebody like shaken the grass and let all the ass out? All the ass are. So life has a way of shaking you up. So if you go out there and you say, well, it's going to be a great day. Yeah, that's cool. And it's cool if you kind of stay in your bubble, you put up that bubble around you where nothing gets in and you kind of believe that. But eventually stuff starts chipping away at you. You, The the bird on your, your car right after you got the car wash. The guy at the coffee place spills the coffee on you. You know, the mechanic rips you off on the car bill. The wife or husband's yelling at you. The kid, you know, takes a poop in his uh, car seat. All these things happen in life. Got to laugh at in adversity, but it can hurt. There you go. So the great philosopher and Zen scholar, Alan Watts. Are you familiar with Alan Watts at all or his work? Once again, one of yours. You guys are back. You UK guys. You know, yeah. So Watts was... For any of you guys who don't know Alan Watts, check out his work. It's free on the internet. His lectures are extraordinary. He was a British theologist who brought about a, a philosopher who brought the concept of Zen mysticism to the United States and to the West. He made it very palatable, and he was one of the most spectacular orators. He later got involved in LSD and hung out with Timothy Leary and Ram Dass and he became kind of a rock star in, in philosophical circles. But if you're ever having, by the way, if you're ever having a bad day, listen to Alan Watts. It will change your life. And his stuff is free. People have remixed it on Spotify, on YouTube. Well worth a listen to. But Watts quoted a guy named C.K. Chesterton. Do you know, Wendy Harris, why angels fly? My guess is that because they have wings. Angels fly. Because they take themselves lightly. Uh One of my favorite quotes of all time. And it just means that 
if you approach life with that attitude, if you leave the house in the morning saying, you know what? It might be a shitty day. It might be a great day. I have no expectations, but I have all the tools to handle it. And I'm going to laugh off whatever the fuck happens that I don't like and some of the stuff I do like. You realize it's not so bad. The bird shits on your car after you get a car wash. You have a hearty laugh about the kid poops in the car seat. You're just like, there's little Johnny again, booping on things. Things take a different view. And then, in fact, you do end up having a beautiful day. The impact of the day, what's happened, the actual physical manifestation of the day doesn't change. But what truly changed is your mindset about it. And I think that was the point that you were trying to drive through. And, yes. and that's a, a really valuable point, Wendy. Intentional, actionable view and perspective on what we do have every day as a gift, isn't it? Is the present and being part of that. Yeah. <laughs> Big smiles all around. Hey, we're getting quite profound here today on this show. <laughs> I love it when a conversation takes you to wherever it needs to go. Yeah, but if I can make you listen to Alan Watts, yes. I, my work is done today. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. You got to listen to him. I, I cannot believe you have not heard of him. He is, he is extraordinary. And now more and more young people listen to him. I write about him again in my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. So anybody that's interested, check out Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. You can get in the UK and the United States, all over the world, on Amazon. If you want to listen to a chapter of it, you can listen on Stitcher, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found to see if you like the book. Or if I'm a complete ass, you can check that out too. I also have a podcast, Wendy, called Hack and Grow Rich, where we teach unconventional paths to creating financial success. You're now listening to Hack and Grow Rich with Shaheen Shayan and his co-host, Bart Baggett. Check us out on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. Let me tell you about my Power Up program. An hour and a half with me and accountability later. It's by no means ever going to fix everything. But what it will do is it will allow us to find one area that's a key priority for you to implement straight away into your business and allow you to just see the other areas that you need work on. It's a great stepping stone into the 12-week building block program. Just book a chin wag. Let's have a natter and let's see how I can help you. I reckon there's been a few guests that have gone, oh, I don't know if I've had a conversation that's counted, that's created a pivotal moment. I'm going to have to think about it. And then they come back and go, do you know what? I've had more than one. Because when you really think about it, they can be coming at you from all sorts of places. So, and this is the bit that I never know what's coming at me next. What was that one conversation like for you, Shaheen? And what happened? Yeah, so that's going to require some reflection. But I can tell you with my first mentor, a guy named Edward Lawson, I write about him in my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Cult. I just met this guy, kind of a mysterious guy. I'm a teenager. And he's got all these grand plans. He's explaining to me all the stuff that I could do. 
And I'm just thinking, man, it would be nice to have a hot meal. It would be nice to finally have a place to live. And he's talking about changing the world, what Steve Jobs called putting a dent in the universe. And I remember my frustration with the conversation because he was up here and I was way down there. Like just, I was in survival and he was in absolute earth shifting, moving tectonic plates. And he was that kind of a person, one of those incredible charismatic characters that could influence anybody in a room. And I, I use that word very consciously because he it's dented all about your it. mind, not just the universe. Yeah. And I remember him taking me outside, seeing very clearly that I wasn't moved by his words in that moment. And I said, look, you know, Ed, how am I going to do any of this? How am I going to do all of this? I don't have any money. I don't have enough to go buy a, a, a veggie burger outside, much less to change the world. How am I going to put a dent in the universe without any money? And he very clearly took a pause and conveyed to me in very few words that I should take a look around me and that everything around me was sold to somebody at some point in history. If I could learn the art of influence, that would be the one tool, the one ring to rule them all. That would be the only thing you would need to have. Because with that tool, you wouldn't need money. Money is just one way to get from point A to point B, to get somebody to give you something, to get somebody to give you value. It is not the only way. There are lots of other ways to get somebody to give you that thing that you need to get to where you want to go without money. And I remember being increasingly frustrated. And then later that night, when I was asleep in the backseat of the Lincoln Continental with the pages of Think and Grow Rich taped with scotch tape to the top of the hood and reading it with a flashlight as I was trying to fall asleep, that I had that aha moment that I realized that that's the master key to everything and that I would commit myself for however long it took, it could be the rest of my life, to mastering the art of telling stories, to mastering the art of what Robert Caldini in his book Influence calls influence, but more importantly, persuasion. Being able to make the sale before you even meet the customer. And I teach this now again in my Amazon course, how do you make a sale before the customer ever comes to your listing, before they even know about you or your product. Learn that from me for free. It's normally $200. Mention Wendy Harris in the subject line. Email me. This is my direct email. I check these emails. Darkzess at gmail.com. D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. I will give you the $200 one-hour course for free, teaching you how to find a product, how to start a company from anywhere in the world. Do it for next to nothing, which... Wendy brings me to my purpose and mission in life right now, which is to inspire people to create predictable recurring revenue streams that never fail. Modern society. And none of us want to be slaves to finances. So I would strongly urge everybody to go and email Shaheen. I'm tempted myself. Wendy, you, I will learn. Wendy, you have to say it in your Peaky Blinders voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
by order of the Peaky Blinders, get yourself on that email thread. Definitely. It's got to be done. And the thing is, it may not be the one thing that changes everything, but we pick up pieces from everywhere that we go and everything that we're influenced by. And it's those pieces that we gather, isn't it? To be able to create the life that we want to live. Yeah. It could be the one thing that changes everything. Yeah. It could be what you want. It's whatever you make it. Life is whatever you make it. It's the story that you write. And no matter where you are, no matter what you do, no matter what position you find yourself in, fact, you can change it. You can change your life like now, this minute, this second, by taking a step and making a decision. That's it. That's the first step. That's all it takes. One step at a time. Just do it as that big brand says. Or don't. Just be happy with what you got. Be where you are. Listen to lots of Alan Watts. Read my book. Find who you are and what you should, you know, and and be that person. Yeah. There's a lot of self-discovery that needs to happen, I think, than what we're told we should be. Yeah. You mentioned another great book, which talks about that too. Uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the Just Do It Nike guy. Spectacular book. You know, this is one of the differences, Wendy, of successful people and people who I find who are not successful is that successful people study success. So if you want to be successful, stop poo-pooing on all these millionaires, all these billionaires. Sure, there's things that they do that you might not agree with or might not like, but who cares? You need to study their success if you are not as successful at them. And becoming a student of their success and suspending judgment on whatever you, your judgment is on their misdeeds or whatever, that can be hugely impactful in your life. I found myself using an analogy quite often lately when it comes to doing something new or creating a new habit or, or forming new choices. And I love to read. I love stories. I love telling stories. I love listening to stories. That's okay to a point. And the point that I make there is that there's no point in just collecting stories if you do nothing with them and you don't take the lessons in those stories to something that you action. So the analogy that I have is that reading a book is is like learning to drive your theory test, you know, where you have to go and do all the health and safety papers and answer all the, you know, highway code But the only way that you're ever going to learn to drive a car is actually get in the car and drive it. And that's your life. You're the vehicle of your life. It's true. You can't surf by reading magazines. I learned that too. (laughs) Shaheen, thank you so much. I am so pleased that Ed came into your life when he did and had that conversation with you because that's purely instrumental to a lot of the rest of your story, which is amazing. You're the best, Wendy Harris. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. You're an absolute star. Likewise, right back at you. And there's Shaheen. Blown my mind. Sent me off on lots of little rabbit warrens that I really enjoyed going down. The Alan Watts 
conference speech that I listened to was worth that hour of time. And how generous that he's giving away his course to you, the listeners, for free. Do make sure that you send him that email because he's a man of his word and he will make sure that he sends you the details to get access to that. That email address for you again is darkzess at gmail.com. What a great guy. So that was my key takeaway. What was yours? Do let me know. Pop us a message. Use whatever social platform you enjoy best. But as always, the makingconversationscount.com website has all the information you need. Next time on the show, I'm bringing you another curveball as we're going to be making conversations about brain health count. I'm bringing you Veronica Gould and her passion for keeping people's minds active at any age. Veronica Gould is passionate about us taking up weekly arts-based activities to protect us against brain deterioration and dementia. It might sound like a gloomy topic, but in actual fact there's an awful lot we can do for ourselves. The art form most effective in, in keeping the demons at bay, protecting against dementia, is dance. (laughs) Thank you.